On today's episode, we talk to artist and musician George Hodge of the bands New Reveille and Jack Radio about art and the music of Led Zeppelin. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. So, uh, thank you for joining me. Um, So, can you tell me uh, a little bit about yourself to get started? Grew up in Concord, Charlotte area. Came to uh, Raleigh area uh, for college and ended up staying after school. Um, Got really into music during the college days, coming out of high school bands and stuff. Uh, And through music, started doing art. Um, And I think it's... It's been an awesome place for me. There's been a natural progression, I feel like, uh, with the city growing and festivals coming to the area uh, that as uh, started doing more art and more music, it seemed like there were more opportunities for that stuff um, in the area. Uh, yeah, got to meet guys like you and a lot of artists in the area, which has been awesome too. Yeah, your, your band's... Uh... Uh, Jack the Radio has been around for roughly 10 years. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, New Reveille has been around for, is it like three or four? Uh, so we've actually been around for five, almost six, but we had about a year and a half hiatus in the middle there okay. um, where, where we weren't very active. Uh, but still, everybody in the band was playing music and doing different things um, during that time as well. Yeah. And uh, your artwork, you started, did you start doing gig posters initially or was it, you were just doing your own art? And... Yeah, really uh, through through the band, um, you know, I think st- when you start a band, you usually don't have a lot of money, especially early on. Uh, and I was like, I think I can draw. So I started like drawing stuff for t-shirt designs and like poster designs and uh it was a lot of fun for me, but it was like the perfect avenue to start creating work. I don't know if you had a similar experience with Maple Stave or other bands, um, but yeah, that was that was really my in. And then uh, I think what really got me excited was really I think time around the time I met you in two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, yeah. uh, with hopscotch stuff and seeing that there were other people in the area not only doing art but screen printing. Um, yeah, and you've now you've so you've gone from just doing the artwork for for your band to I know that you've were you did some work for uh, Soul Asylum recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so uh, you know had a day job like most people, and uh, going on year three of doing freelance art and music full time, uh, and I'm sure as you know, like doing something full time, you're pushed to do more work so I feel like in the first year I did 10 times the amount of work I had done the year before when I was just doing it part-time um, and so over the past two years or so uh, have been very fortunate to do stuff for other bands other businesses with some of the music festival stuff and uh, yeah most recently doing a, a t-shirt for Soul Asylum for one of their end-of-year concerts uh, in their hometown at First Avenue uh, so you wanted to talk about Led Zeppelin yeah, yeah. So, uh, full disclosure... Uh, Favorite Led... band ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Led Zeppelin was a band that uh, I 
somehow much like <laughs> many of my hot takes on really popular bands i uh i never got into led zeppelin yeah i uh, also never got into the stones oh man uh, breaking my but, heart <laughs> <laughs> but i uh it, i i accept that they are a, that they are a touchstone and they are a very very important band uh, so it's interesting it, it's interesting to me to talk to you about them and your experience with the band because i know I, I want to say practically everyone I know that it, <laughs> practically everyone I know. And then uh, I want to say every musician that I know has a, a certain affinity for Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. I think whether it's happy or angry, I always, uh, I always love hearing people that get very worked up about, uh, I mean, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles stones, like, you know, they're terrible. And I'm just like, what? They're, they're, they're arguably not terrible. <laughs> You know, you don't have to agree they're the greatest ever, but uh, I always love seeing that. Yeah, and I mean, I I told there's so many bands that I feel like everybody knows, and like I see the t-shirts, and I'm like, I know nothing about this band. I should probably look them up. Yeah, I, I have a thing in my pocket. I can look them up right now and probably listen to their greatest hits. But um, yeah, I mean, they. This was really hard to pick pick a band because. Uh, I listened to a lot of different stuff and I was also torn of picking a cooler band, <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. I, I think I picked them because they were the, the first band that I heard uh, right when I was thinking about playing music as, as a young teenager. Um, Around what age? Was that? Uh, I think I was 13 okay. at the time. Um, and one of my neighbors that we basically get off the bus and hang out after school. His dad uh, had a guitar, had a record collection. And, uh, you know, we'd go play basketball or just run around after school and then watch TV. And then his dad would come home and uh, saw the guitar, was very interested in it. It It's a beautiful old Gibson acoustic. Um, But he would always play uh, this song that I had no idea what it was at the time. And then... He's like, oh, you've never heard this track? So he pulls out his records and puts this record on, and it's Over the Hills and Far Away by Led Zeppelin. And his dad could play it, and it was, it's not a super, like, shredder song or anything, but it's like one of those, you just, like, watch it, and you're like, I think I could do that at some point. Um, and it just really hit home for me at the time. So it was like, that album, you know, once I heard that, I was like, I got to get this record. So... We'd listen to it periodically after school, and like that album had a ton of hits. And to me, it's kind of one I don't hear people talk about. You know, you hear Zeppelin One, Zeppelin Two, so so. I mean, they've got so many killer records, but it's one. I mean, it had Dancing Days on it, Dire Maker. Um, it was only eight songs in the ocean, like, and all of them were were bangers. I thought at least. Um, but I think that's that's probably why I picked them. It was because it was, in my mind, it's the the song and the record that made me want to play guitar. Um, so it's always stuck with me, and have always had a sweet spot for Zeppelin. I think because of that, it, it encouraged you or made you want to be a musician to learn how to play guitar. Did, did the songwriting influence what you were, what you when you started writing? Did it influence you or? structures or anything like that i think a little bit i don't i don't think i don't think i was smart enough or intuitive enough at that point to like pick up on things like song structure Mm -hmm. like 
you know, you you knew there was like, this is the verse, this is the chorus, this is the interlude. And it was like, but I don't think I realized like that those were repeating parts or like motifs throughout the song. Um, I think really like the riffs and like melodic playing of Jimmy Page is what stuck with me at that time. Um, and then, I mean, and also rhythmically, everybody in that band is insane. <laughs> I feel like no matter who you are, like it's like people that rag on the Beatles. I'm like, but think about all the bands that were influenced by the Beatles. Um, I, I feel the same way with Zeppelin. Like there's so many, I feel like just rock bands, like metal bands, like stoner bands, that if John Bonham didn't do what he was doing, uh, some of that may not have happened or at least the same way that it, that it happened. Um, and then, I mean, John Paul Jones, freaking beast. Uh, with the bass and key stuff that he did and, and Robert Plant's voice was amazing as well but um, yeah I don't know I think probably just the the melodicness of the the music is what really stuck with me long term um, and then the musicianship together uh, I feel like they were they were pushing things but they also had a lot of songs that were really long in length <laughs> which is not something I picked up on um, but yeah, it's it's awesome. Are they, do you still listen to Zeppelin regularly, or uh, not regularly? I'm really bad about listening to music. Um, <laughs> I love listening to music, but I think when you try to create, uh, you know, I'm I'm to the point now, or with writing songs or like learning songs, uh, that I'm thinking about that so much that it's it's kind of hard sometimes to put a record on. Although I do. You know, if I'm driving or something, I love putting records on. And I, I will put some stuff on for nostalgia. Um, and actually been on a vinyl kick lately. Uh, so have just picked up Physical Graffiti, uh, Zeppelin record that I didn't have in my collection. I like um, that you qualified. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye, bye. Bye, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff though, man. I know we were, we were talking briefly about Steve trying to think about like the band that would influence him and it's like there's no one right uh you know i think i i picked them because it it was like the first one that, that i was like oh i want to do music but that was quickly followed i think like with song structure not being good at music and not really knowing what i did what i was doing i think bands like operation iv were the ones that really i was like oh man you can just like play simple chords like the complete antithesis of Zeppelin. It's like, you can just play a simple three chord progression and you and your two friends or three friends all sing in unison and can be out of key. Uh, and it can be awesome. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, can keep going forever and ever. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is interesting, the, the, you know, to, to have those two Oh yeah. So to, to use those two as points, uh, Operation Ivy. And oh yeah. Led Zeppelin, the different ways of approaching. Music. Oh yeah, and then maybe in the middle somewhere was Kiss. That, <laughs> uh, but Kiss combined like the simplicity of Op IV with some of the complexities of Zeppelin. Not not as complex, but then they added a whole other element uh, of like artistry in the sense of like their look and their show and like showmanship and uh i don't know there was so much and i think that kind of all tangentially 
influenced me art-wise. Because um, at the time, I don't know if you... Did you, you get any of the guitar magazines? When you oh, were yeah, younger? Guitar World and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Guitar World used to come? There was a centerfold mm -hmm. that uh, one side was usually some guitar player doing a guitar pose and then the other side was usually some artwork mm -hmm. um and at the time i didn't know who he was and much later became a fan of him and started following him but there used to be uh black crows posters in there oh yeah uh that later found out those were alan forbes mm -hmm. artwork and i'm like i used to have alan forbes art on my wall as a kid no idea who the artist was never i mean at the time there was internet but not like it is today never thought to like look up like who did the black crows poster <laughs> and like i mean it was same thing with zeppelin i think that was another thing that drew me to them is uh just the artwork and like typography that they would use um i mean like I don't, the swan song image is like the guy flying i'm sure you've seen some of this stuff oh, yeah, and yeah. just yeah <laughs> you haven't been in a hole for the past <laughs> 20 years yeah <laughs> but i mean that was like a I think another thing that kind of pushed me on the art side was like staring at all this stuff as a kid uh, and kudos now thinking about it to Guitar World for like putting artwork in there, which I guess art has always been a big part of the music. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, do you remember the ads they used to have? Uh, it was like the catalogs you could order like t-shirts and uh, stickers and patches. Remember they used to do one, this is a total tangent, they used to do long sleeve shirts that were people's tattoos. Oh. <laughs> I secretly wanted the flea one only because he had a Jimi Hendrix tattoo on his chest. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Not committed to actually getting one. Yeah, I'm not going to get it. I'll wear the t-shirt though. Get it on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do you so what do you remember from those Guitar World magazines? Oh God! Uh, or did you have a favorite section? I it seems like I got the Guitar World magazines when I didn't know how to play guitar, <laughs> and so I uh, one of the first things that I tried to play was a Stone Temple Pilots song, Ooh. and I, it said that I needed to play on the third and fifth fret, and all I had was this. My my parents had bought me a Harmony classical <laughs> guitar from Sears or whatever. Oh man. And uh, so I, it probably wasn't in tune. It had been <laughs> sitting around my room for a while. And so I was like, well, okay, these things are called frets. So <laughs> I went one, two, three, and I pressed down on the third fret. Nice. And so it and played and just buzzed. And it's like, <laughs> well, I, don't, I guess it's not going to work out right. And so I just I put it down and then like... A, I don't know. I think that Christmas, my parents decided uh, to buy me an electric guitar and, nice. and lessons. Nice. So that, yeah. That's a good combo. Yeah. yeah. But it is somewhere, I'm sure my parents' storage, I still have like a box of uh, Guitar World. Oh, yeah. With like Billy Corgan's. Because oh, yeah. that's the reason I got them. Because, you know, oh, they have dude. Billy Corgan and all people like that on oh, the covers. Oh, ev and... everybody. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that was how I discovered music back in the day. Because was, it was like... Uh, columbia house the cd mm -hmm. thing yeah. and guitar world mm -hmm. were like my two outlets because my parents weren't they're into music but they're like not into music uh so i wasn't like learning about artists from them um and i didn't have a big brother to to give me the oh, the yeah. records and stuff so it was like well let's get guitar world at the grocery store and like 
they had the Columbia House ads in there, and it was like, oh, I can get 10 CDs for a dollar? Like, I could afford that as a 13-year-old. Um, yeah, it's like the original Spotify when you think about yeah. it. It's 99 cents a month? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, so many songs in there. I'm like, who's ACDC? Mm. Like, who, Stone Temple Pilots. If they weren't on the radio at the time, it was such a good way to, like, see who's who and like who should i know to to whatever degree um and i think that it was like the heyday when mail day would come and get the guitar world and the wizard magazine we were talking about wizard earlier it's like i felt felt like the coolest dude i'm like i'm just gonna be in my room for the next four hours like don't bother me and i'll try not to play too loud because it wasn't good at the time um, I was going to say, that sounds like a banner mail day for a little charge. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was awesome. Yeah. Kind of miss those days. Like, kind of want Wizard and Guitar World to come back. Although, I probably, I think we're we're over the hump, like, as the grumpy old dudes that were just like, man, I remember back in my day, the bands were good. And it's like, I'm sure we wouldn't like any of the bands in there. <laughs> um, to, to bring it back to... Um, to Led Zeppelin, and this might be just a real long shot. Yeah. But he, but he talked about the um, the melodic component. Yeah, too, yeah. And how important that seemed to be. And from an outsider's perspective, being familiar with the music that you're a part of, that you play in your bands, and yeah. that uh, um, being familiar with your art... It seems like that sort of the rhythm and the flow and that sort of thing that seems to be something that's that you carry through these definitely other things yeah do you, do you think that has anything to do with with that that early influence or is that do you think that's just a byproduct of like just all the influences over time yeah i mean i think they definitely have their place i don't know to what degree mm-hmm. like uh but there there's definitely that influence i think uh with i one of the things i've always loved about zeppelin is is the groove that they have you know they can do the straight four on the floor but uh bonham had a way of like adding you know a little push and pull uh in some of their stuff that i think jack the radio specifically uh translated there and uh brent francis who played on all the records uh was a huge bonham fan so i think that was like such a good coincidental pairing although i guess being one of the biggest rock bands in the world it's not really that big a coincidence um but yeah i think i think that groove uh in rhythmic and melodic with the riffs with the guitar riffs and bass riffs uh definitely carried over um i don't know that i'd give them all the credit because there's so many bands that have done that so well um but yeah does music help influence your art in any way because it, you you do a lot of like flowing lines yeah like you, I, I would say your, your art relies more on like longer strokes yeah than, uh, like shorter sketchy strokes yeah 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 I think I think to a degree I think yeah when you're talking about kind of the the rhythm and pacing of music translating into to drawing it i i think there is that and that's something i haven't really thought about uh but i think it can apply um and i i think 
there, I try to, I do try to do, sorry, I do try to have like a, a kind of energy and movement in a lot of my art um, that I think does come from like thinking about the pulse of music and uh, it, it having an energy and movement to it um, that I don't know if that always translates or if people notice, but uh, I'd say it translates. Oh, you, thanks, you, man. You have a lot of, there, there always seems to be motion in your Yeah, mind. yeah, I try to... Not a lot of static imagery. Yeah, yeah, it, and static imagery is awesome, too, or can be awesome, too. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, I think that's a good good thing to point out. Do you listen to a lot of music when you're, or podcasts or anything like that when you're Oh, uh, definitely. Working? Yeah, podcasts and music. Sometimes I'll just pull up YouTube and type an artist name in and put it on autoplay and just see what happens. Uh, just, just Rob Liefeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, I love the old, uh, Stanley Liefeld with, uh, Jim Lee and McFarlane. The comic <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it sounds weird. Probably not to you, but like I, I off also enjoy watching people draw, mm-hmm. uh, especially when I draw, I feel like maybe it's a, uh, kind of thinking about being in a, a co-op space it's the virtual version oh, yeah. of like oh yeah I mean, like everybody's drawing right now like it's creative time um and it's also cool to see how people approach things and you know what techniques they're using um and occasionally pick up on some of that but uh, some of it's also lost on me at times <laughs> i'm like what the hell is he doing it's awesome <laughs> for the uh for songwriting are you you said that Part of the reason you don't listen to a lot of music is because you've you've got these ideas going in your head for when you're in the initial stages of like trying to draw up an idea. Mm-hmm. Are you are, are there particular bands or music that you kind of draw from or that it's a good well to go back to to get, you know, creative juices uh, flowing? I'm sorry to use that. Term yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Creative juices. We should open a co-op juice bar called Creative <laughs> Juices. Um, uh, and I and I do listen to music. It's I think part of it now is perspective. I'm like, and every time I see a friend, it's like, oh, have you heard this new record? I'm like, man, there are so many records that have come out this week alone that I, I feel like I don't listen to a lot of music. But um, yeah, when when drawing, there are a couple bands. Like it depends the pro- on the project, but. Uh, you know, if I'm working on something that's a little looser or like has a cosmic vibe in any way, I may put on like Zeppelin or Sabbath or like even some metal um, to kind of set the mood for that. But uh, also if I'm working on something for a band, I'm, I try to put that band's music on um, that if it's you know, an alt country or Americana band, like put their music or find some country Americana stuff to listen to while I'm doing it to kind of set the mood. Um, I don't know. Do you do the same thing? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> Complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, you work in the dark and listen to The Cure? Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're there. Uh, uh, We're all worried about you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... If someone wanted to get started, so Coda is the album that you were referencing. Was that correct? Was that the first album that you came across? 
Oh, uh, Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so Which, fun fact: the song "Houses of the Holy" is not on the album "Houses oh. of the Holy." Yeah. All right. <laughs> it was supposed to be, and I think the band decided it didn't fit the other songs. Oh. Uh, so kind of respect for that. They're like title track, kicking it off, saving for another album. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, is there like a certain vibe that they try to achieve on the albums again? Because man, I. I don't know because I I think it's eight songs. I think House of the Holy works awesome from start to finish, um, and it kind of starts with this amazing guitar like picking thing that builds, and it's got scene changes, and uh, it's kind of hectic, and then it gets real soft, and then it kicks back up into this crazy guitar line with crazy bass and drums, and. Uh, kind of goes up and then comes down and goes up and it, it fits really well. Um, and I think Houses of the Holy could have fit on the record, but obviously they didn't feel like it could. Um, and I think I just saw Heather McIntyre did a cover of Houses of the Holy. Oh. Um, but like a, her, her spin on it, it's totally different. Um, but this is the other problem like with the internet and working from home and working on different projects throughout the day. It's like, I'll click links and I'm like, oh, that was awesome. And then while I'm listening, I'm doing something else and I'm like, oh, I got to go do this now. And it's like, I feel like I'm not fully experienced. Maybe that's just the reality of 2019 is uh, you never fully experience anything. Yeah, People have stopped listening to the podcast at this point. (laughs) They're on to the next thing. They've paused it. They're going to come back to it later. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what would be a, so for instance, I, I have a, uh, 10 going on 11 year old yeah yeah uh i want oh, him to experience zeppelin at some point where where would i where where would i start would houses houses of the holy be a good place to start or do you think that i think it could be um you know i think one and two and i i'm so bad with track listings these days since we listen to everything on our phone you're not looking at anything anymore uh but one and two had a lot of their like initial hits um with like whole lot of love um can't even think of anything else right now which is i'm gonna get bashed online for this um so i don't know but to me house of the holy i think could be a great place to start i will say the album artwork as a kid was very strange it's a bunch of naked children walking up i think they're robert plant's kids um but i've always felt weird i remember as a 13 year old 14 year old when i got it, i was like i kind of feel weird owning this because there's naked kids on it um so maybe don't show them the artwork yeah if uh maybe just buy it on itunes and burn it on cd or something yeah. um yeah but it's a great record man it and it you know we were talking about listen, going back and listening to things that we listened to as teenagers and it's it i've listened to it recently since we started talking about this podcast and it still holds up for me I guess no surprise with Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah, for anyone listening, Zeppelin still holds up. <laughs> uh, well, so you're you're an artist, you're a musician. Where can people find your stuff online? Yeah, uh, you know, on, on all the social media, I do have a personal website. It's george-hodge.com. H-A-G-E is the last name. But uh, believe it or not, there was a George Hodge on Instagram and Twitter and everything. So I had to go with the George Hodge. Sounds kind of pompous, but uh, thanks to the 50 year old 
60-year-old George Hodge that has posted like one picture that took all of his, I'm sure his kids or grandkids are like, we're going to set you up, Grandpa, and he doesn't use it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jack the Radio and New, New Reveille. Reveille. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, NewRevely.com, JackTheRadio.com, uh, both bands are on all the social media platforms that people seem to be using. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for talking. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for asking me. Thanks for coming by. Excited to hear uh, all the other folks. <laughs> The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Note. For a full listing, go to radionote.com.